0: So let's give a round of applause to Dwayne and Denise Cranford. Well, good evening. My name is Dwayne Cranford and this is my beautiful wife of 21 years, Denise Cranford. It's an honor to be here tonight and to share with you our our love story. But before we do that, I just want to say, Pastor Shupi, thank you for inviting us out. Um, I also want to thank you and Martha for being a rock uh, in our lives, as well as as a strong source of encouragement to us. Thank you very much. Uh, We love you. Uh, also, uh, Pastor uh, Van, uh, our past crossed seventeen whatever years ago, and we were just saying how, what a how God how great God is for our past to cross here and to be able to speak in, in to your congregation. Um, you're looking at two people who are very different, and uh, for each of you, you're probably thinking, you know what, we're different as well. And um, but when you really get to know us, you will know that our differences are night and day. And um, we are surprised today by our best friends, Alan and Ann, who um, caught us a little off guard and we had to change our script because now we have somebody who can truly validate what we're going to say tonight. But, But 21 years, we really come to a conclusion that we are very, very different.
1: We probably have more differences than similarities. I'm an extrovert.
0: I'm an introvert.
1: I grew up in a traditional Italian family. I'm the youngest of four with 35 first cousins.
0: (laughs) I grew up in a single parent home, five siblings, three different fathers, had no contact with any relatives, including our three dads.
1: We grew up and we were, our family was financially stable.
0: I grew up in a home where we received public assistance and I lived daily with the fear that one of my peers would see me using food stamps to purchase food.
1: And we of course grew up in the suburbs on this side of the tracks.
0: (laughs) And I lived on the other side of the tracks. Um, I grew up in the inner city.
1: (laughs) And, and I did view that other side of the tracks. True story, my father used to take the four of us when we were um, unappreciative, and he used to take us to his side of the tracks and tell us, this is what you could live like. And, and we would, it would result in crying and pleading for us to go back to our side with the promise that we would appreciate everything we had.
0: I, I absolutely love music. Different types of music, and I love to listen to it loud.
1: I have never purchased a CD, and I don't think I ever will. Sorry, Pastor. I know music is <laughs> just so big. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, I love heat. I love to be warm, whether it's in my car or
1: or in the house. Yeah, I could live in a meat locker. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes.
0: yes, you can. <laughs> um, I also um, I love. Sports. Sports is a big part of my life.
1: I hate to sweat.
0: And in fact, I found that out early in our relationship when I figured, you know what, let me test the waters here, so I invited Denise out to play tennis. Uh, It was the shortest tennis match I've ever played. In fact, it took only three serves. First one, to the right. Okay, just warm it up. To the left. Third one. Back to the right, I'm thinking, Denise, you, you know tennis, you need to hit it back. And what she said to me next, I knew this was, this was, this was it. She said, you mean to tell me I have to move? <laughs> that is a truthful story.
1: Okay, but he asked me out again, so something must have went right there.
0: Yes, he did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and it, this is where it gets in the nuts and bolts. I'm an organizer.
0: I have no idea what that means. <laughs> planner i can't even spell planner.
1: <laughs> I am task oriented <laughs> i 'm
0: working on that.
1: Yeah. I am lists. I make lists. I love lists.
0: I get anxious when I see her with their list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, solution oriented:
0: It takes me six months just to pick out a cup of paint color. <laughs> so
1: cool. We are. I'm expressive. I'm Italian, so I'm expressive.
0: I, I like to keep my thoughts inside. I'm what they call an internal, internal thinker. And every every wife out there saying, "Yeah, it's you and my husband have, yeah. are the yeah. same." I get all that. You know, I'm a professional counselor, so I get that, guys. But anyway, um, when we share those differences, you know, 21 years of really th- learning that about each other. Um, That pales in comparison to the different paths we were on um, before God took those two paths and led them together at a place called the House of Good Shepherd, which was a home for troubled kids, kids who their parents couldn't handle them and would take the kids out of the house and put them in this facility. And that's where we, we met. But at that time, like I said, our paths were different. I was young, I had two loves in my life, sports and the Lord. And I wanna reverse that order, the Lord and the sports. God put a call on my life at a young, a young age when I was a freshman in high school and he put a call on my life and at the time when I met Denise, I was out street preaching. I was that guy on the corner that was just yelling the gospel out in the streets. If you were to walk by me, you would have gotten the gospel. I would have shared the gospel with you. If you sat on the bus, you were going to hear the gospel. God was doing an incredible thing in my life, but an incredible thing was about to happen to me at this place called the House of Good Shepherd.
1: Yeah, and that's where we met, and that's where our love story begins, except it was a ve- mine was a very different story when I met him. Um, he was street preaching, and I was running the streets. I was into, um, I had a party life going on. I was not a believer. I grew up Italian Catholic, um, devout Catholic, and I uh, went away from it in college where I started to pick up uh, some bad habits. Um, And I always am nervous to talk about my past because it is not who I am today, and I by no means want to... Um, glorify anything in it But it is who I am today Because of who I am in Christ today And what um, grace Has just done to my life And what mercy has done to my life And so here I go to work At Good Shepherd And I'm probably out partying Seven nights a week at this point point. Um, and this is how bad it was it, it, I was living a, a severe life of drugs to the point where I was naive enough that I actually chartered a plane to South America to buy drugs and bring them back into the country. <laughs> and I, it's the grace of God that I am not locked up in a South American prison right now. So I come to House Good Shepherd and I'm working and it was a great shift because I could go out partying that night, you know, I'd get out at nine, it was a three to nine shift. So I was very, you know, living a life, and, and I was um, dating somebody that was the perfect candidate for myself and my family. He was an Italian man that my parents always said that I would marry. Um, he was very wealthy, so he could give me the life that I wanted. He was a nice man. He let me party. He even partied with me. He had a house. He was an upcoming engineer at IBM. It was the white picket fence. I just had to walk through it. And I was happy. Everything was good. I was living life. And then somebody gives me, at the time, a a gospel, a John book, little book. And as a Catholic, I never read the Bible, right? It stood on the nightstand or the end table, the big gold, and you'd put money in it, which never made sense to me. Why wouldn't thieves go there first? (laughs) And so, but I read it for the first time. And I was... I liked it. I thought, this is is neat. But that was it. I put it aside, and I was not going to give up my life. Um, I had surrounded myself with friends that were in the same lifestyle. Um, It was pretty bad. And this new guy comes to work at House Good Shepherd. And it was really weird because he was drawing crosses. He was carrying a Bible with him. He was giving out these little things called tracks. (laughs) And telling anybody who would listen about Jesus. So we labeled him the Jesus freak at work because none of us were where he was. But the good thing was he was a handsome Jesus freak. So we, the female workers, (laughs) put up with him because he was good on the eye. So put up with him well
0: I'm getting hot I gotta cool down here.
1: <laughs> but secretly we kind of made fun of him and this is where it all hit we had a restraint one night and we and a restraint is when one of the uh, kids sort of goes off is what they say and we had to do a physical restraint because they would put themselves in danger, they would put us in danger, and so we had to physically restrain him. Dwayne and I were on shift that night together. Barely knew each other. And so, we have this restraint, and it's about an hour and a half restraint. Yeah. She
0: was, she was the female version of Michael Tyson.
1: Yeah, she looked, Let me just yes, say that. Yes, she was tough. She was a tough mm-hmm. girl. Big And so this restraint, yeah, it was strong. So it was a physical night. We finally got her calmed down. And this is how it all happened. We're doing paperwork. And the problem was, is I was not a believer. So we used to be dishonest with our time at this place. And we would, except for the Jesus freak that we called him, we would all cheat on our time and we would just cover for each other. So when I, we went to do the paperwork to fill it out, I looked at him and I said, oh, by the way, I said, when you do the documentation, you gotta say that it happened at this time. And he, and he looked at me and he just said, really calmly, he said, well, I can't lie. And I thought, what? It was like he had three heads, because I was so far gone. And then I tried to convince him, I, I, I said, do have a
0: big forehead, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs>
1: And then I tried to convince him that it wasn't a lie. I said, well, this isn't a lie. This is not a lie, this is what we protect each other. This is what we do. And it wasn't happening. So he said, I, I'm sorry, I can't lie. And here's what happened. I walked away and I, it was so not self-righteous and I was mad that it wasn't self-righteous. It was so convicting. And so the curiosity was just like, well, how did he say that? And I, I feel bad. And so I was curious (laughs) So I started to sort of just Find myself in his conversations Listening to him Because I was thinking Something's different with this guy But it was still weird to me And so Then He says to me He knew I was seeking a little bit So he offers to do a Bible study at my house Missionary dating I'm still convinced of (laughs) So he offered to do a Bible study with my roommate and myself. And that was a good one, by the way. Yeah. I, <laughs> and so we, we took him up on it. Just because he was cute. And, you know, if he was doing a Bible study, we'll do it. But what we qu- figured out after two, two times a coming, that he would not leave the kitchen area because he was in a lady's house and he was such a gentleman that he would leave. He would come in, sit in the kitchen. So we would take all of our illegal stuff And put it in the next room right on the table and he'd conduct this Bible study and so this went on and went on and went on and The more we talked I was just so intrigued with what he had to say But I was not ready to give up my party life and then one night In the middle of the night. I was getting ready for an engagement in February and one night I was woken up in the middle of the night that now I believe, I was not a believer at that point, but now I believe was the presence of God that was starting to pursue me. And this is what the, the I couldn't shake it. I said, you will not marry John. John was the gentleman. That, and I thought, and I wrestled all night. But I knew that it was just that I was not, and I, it made no sense to me. Mm. I tried to avoid it for two months. I tried to keep going, keep going, keep going. It just, it was so overpowering. that And I never experienced anything like that, mm. that I was not going to marry him. Yeah. And, on and, the flip,
0: and on the flip side of this, as God's leading her to grace and uh, bringing her to a point of understanding her sin, God was doing something in my heart. As a young man, before I got saved, you would have thought being around me that I was saved. Um, Although I grew up in a very troubled home, uh, no father, no boundaries, no leadership, um, anything like that. One thing my mom did is to make sure that her five children got to church. Didn't matter matter whether it was a Baptist church, Catholic Church, Jehovah Witness, didn't matter as long as we were in church. And I grew up with a very clear sense of of God. And I was that poster child of somebody who's um, working their way to heaven. And when the gospel was shared with me on a summer morning or a summer evening um, as, as a freshman in high school, um, it was at that point in time I realized that I was a sinner and, and I was shocked. When I accepted Christ, I remember getting on my knees and saying to myself, Lord, I heard clearly what you said, but there's one thing that I'm going to have trouble with. And that is that I, I cannot speak for you. I Go to church, read my Bible and pray, but the one thing I can't do is speak for you. Lord, not that I can't uh, or, or won't, it's I can't. And it was at that point where God started to send me on a journey of, of this call that he placed on my life. But there was still this contention between this understanding God's grace and working for my salvation and what was God was doing in my heart at this time that, that He was showing Denise grace, I was learning a different level of grace as I was watching God move in her heart. So, as God was changing her through what God was telling me to do and witnessing to her, God was also witnessing to me and helping me to understand that this thing called grace is not anything that you can earn. It's what's given to you as a result of God's love, Christ's love
1: for us. And, and what was interesting is, we started to have a friendship. Uh, I still was not saved at this point, but he was a good friend. And I remember one of my friends saying to me, boy, that, you should get together with that Dwayne guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, no way. He's too goody two shoes for me. He's not exciting enough for me. And I can't be that good around him because I always have to be so good around him because he's so such a godly person and I was working so hard to be good and make sure I didn't say anything and make sure I didn't do anything to offend him. I said, I can't. It's too much work. And then one night, um, I got home in my apartment and my electricity was out. And I could not get to anybody. I was calling, usually I have 15 messages of all these friends, getting together, getting together. Everything was dead. I couldn't get a hold of anybody. He went to New York. couldn't, nothing. And it was the first time that I felt the presence of being alone. Because I had all these people around me all the time, partying, partying, partying and I, but I never felt alone. And so, I remember going upstairs, and I lit some candles, because it was dark. And I felt this whole horrible silence of just being alone. And I think God shut off the world for me that night. And I just got down on my knees and started praying because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have anybody to call. So I figured, well, he's up. Let me just talk to him. (laughs) So I did. And it was amazing because I asked Christ to come into my heart. And I confessed for six hours on my knees that night. It's just that the sins kept coming and coming and coming. I was just like talking, talking, and I was getting them out. And I remember getting up that next morning, and it was interesting because there was a knock on my door at 9 o'clock, and it was my friends. And they had said, we got the boat, we got the, we got the drugs, we got everything, we're heading up to the lake, let's go. And I just looked at them and I just said, no, I'm not. I'm done, not today and not ever. And they were like, oh, you'll get over it. Hmm. And that was the night that I accepted Christ. And then when he got back from New York, I was so excited. So we started. Then he was the only friend I had because everybody lost me.
0: And then she started stalking me. (laughs) Hey, we're one for one.
1: So I was like, oh, this is the friend. I have somebody to call because I have nobody else I broke up with my boyfriend I'm just like whatever and he's the only friend I have I had to go home and tell my mother that I broke up with this great guy I mean it was just it was just a crazy time so we started walking and we had this incredible friendship and it was a friendship and we just walked and we walked every night and we talked and he listened and I was excited at what was happening and I was so, I wanted his knowledge. He had so much knowledge about the Bible. And I wanted his knowledge because all I knew was grace. All I knew was this incredible freedom that the sin was lifted off of me. And I just wanted the knowledge now. So we just kept going and going. And, and then one night, it was a long time. I mean, it was like nine months. And we were driving and So we're driving, and and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm starting to have feelings for this guy that I didn't. And, you know, this is not what it's supposed to be, and, you know, this and that. And I was thinking, I'm going to have these feelings all by myself and whatever. And then we're driving one night, and he looks at me and he says, out of the blue, he says, You know, we've had this great friendship. And he said, I really like our friendship. And he said, And it's been fun. We've been walking. He said, But somewhere along the line, I fell in love with you. And I was like, Me, too. (laughs) (laughs) And so...
0: And that was, at at that point, um, something crazy was happening in me because, like I said, I had two loves. The Lord and sports. And I already took her tennis, and I knew that she had nothing to do with sports. So I knew I was in trouble there. I still
1: don't, by the way.
0: (laughs) But with all the differences, I knew, in my mind... What my idea of my wife down the road was Um, a church-grown Christian young lady and Although it wasn't what I was looking for at that time. That's what I knew in my mind what God had for me and as I She's its an understatement. We went for walks. We worked together We would be at work and we would talk we would go home, we'd be on the phone, and I could just remember just laying on the laying on the floor and, and with the with the phone against my ear and just, just wanting to hear from her because it was the first time in growing up in an unstable environment that I met somebody who, although she was very different and didn't fit what I thought, when I said something, she understood it. And then And that was the first time that somebody understood me. And that just changed me. It changed me. And like I said, all we wanted to do was talk. Just be around each other. And there was no, at that time, interest uh, prior to that. But it was the change. And then we started to realize that, you know what? God has a plan here. I had a plan. I had some ideas. But you know what? I need to think what god's doing here and i think it was at that time just before i mentioned that in the car that i realized you know what god when i said that i gave my life to you that i trusted my life to you that's that's everything and um and my life changed when i met this lady what i've learned i thought i knew something i really did had a lot of bible knowledge wanted to tell other people but i was missing a, a, I was missing an understanding of grace and just watching what God did through her and changing her life and who she is now. I can honestly say that I am beyond blessed because see the differences that, that we have
1: and still have have,
0: (laughs) the ups and downs over 22 years has really showed us how different we are. But the main difference that we know that makes us the one in which God says the two shall be one is, is God. And that gap between, that, that create the, the differences that creates the gap is where God fills and makes all things possible for us. And, um, and it's, it's been a 21 year, year journey and we believe that the best is yet, yet to come.
1: We dated seven years, yes. would not recommend that.
0: No, we would not, and yes, and that's not the advice we're gonna give our kids, no. and, that, and a big part of that was because I felt that I needed to be secure um, financially because of my upbringing that, that I didn't want that to spill into our, our life. Um, but that was a hard seven years. Um,
1: And then when I went home and told my family that I was not marrying an Italian man.
0: Yes, because I have everything in me but Italian. Yes,
1: right? I was the first one in my family that did not marry Italian. It was, it was, I was a scandal. (laughs) And and he is, and it's just funny because he has everything, like he has everything, everything but Italian. Everything.
0: The first time I met her mom, <laughs> now you got to understand. I'm, when I say I'm an introvert, I, I mean you're probably saying, "Well, who's speaking," I, we're not even going to go into that. But the first time I meet her family, okay, I'm scared as can be. I walk into this house, and there's picture this: a big table with seem to be 50 Italians sitting around it, <laughs> eating. I actually thought the hands were flying, they're talking loud, they're yelling at each other. I actually thought they were putting a hit on somebody. <laughs> the grandmother, God's honest truth, the, so the, man, the grandmother looks at me and goes, eat, manja, manja, and I'm going, no, thank you, I already ate, and she goes, oh, come and eat, manja, manja, and I'm going, I already ate. After the third time, she stands up at the same, now this is the first time I met her, her family. Her extended family.
1: She never turned down Slaps out her Italian. hands
0: down at the table, stands like, "Go, oh, you and saw me in my home? And I go, oh, okay, she's joking. No, she's not joking. <laughs> that was the first time I denied any food from her, her or her relatives and will be the last. Because well, my wife also, also is a wonderful, absolutely wonderful cook.
1: <laughs> so our love story is something out of the ordinary. It's... I just when I look at God and what he's done for my life, I I I so appreciate. And I and the hard thing of raising kids is of in a Christian home is I I tasted grace. I I've experienced it. And I feel like sometimes I want to say don't ever take for granted that you're growing up in it, but when you when I experience the freedom that I, deliv- that I was delivered from drugs and alcohol, and and what was out there, I just, it's just overwhelming to me. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then to be blessed with somebody who came so pure to me, and so different, and that God had this incredible gift for me, it, it's just, it's overwhelming.
0: It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. God has been good to us, and he's been faithful in the good times, And in the bad times, I just want to close because I don't know if our, our, I think they were running pictures of us. And um, there's a picture of our, our, man, that's a handsome looking guy right there. Oh, that's me.
1: Look, you had more hair. Beautiful,
0: a beautiful (laughs) wife too. Um, Is there a picture of our family up there? I just want to, could I just want to, in closing, just introduce our our, our family to you. Um, We have three children um, my oldest, Noah, he's 17. He'll, um, he's going into college next year. He's in the process of, um, of um, deciding on a, on a school. Uh, he's in ministry. Uh, he works at a, a Christian camp. And we're so excited to see what uh, the Lord's going to do in his life. Our middle child is um, Isabella. Uh, one of the sweetest people that you'll ever meet in your life. Truly has a heart for uh, for people. And um, she's, yeah, my, now she's that my one's going to be princess. called in
1: the ministry. Yeah. That middle one's going to be called in the ministry. And
0: uh, our youngest, uh, Juliana, 10, going on 21.
1: We have to work on that one. Um,
0: gray here is a result of her, but she is, um, the Lord has a plan for her. And um, you know, as we are putting this together and to think that, that God blessed me with a wonderful wife. Um, beyond what I could imagine, that God would consider my need and providing me the person that is my soulmate, um, and I consider our union together a match made in heaven, but then to think, as a result of this, that right there, I understand God's grace. God, grace, you don't have to earn anything. Mm-mm. It's been done. And all he's asking from us is to recognize who we are and that our sinners before God. We confess our sins. God will be faithful as he has been for us mm-hmm. to forgive us and, um, and to be our Lord and Savior. And um, he is the center of our life. And uh, again, we want to thank Pastor thank you. Uh, for having us out. And uh, that is our love story. And we're sticking to it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.